Chris Ryan. I am here. I am here on this beautiful Sunday afternoon with the sun shining and the birds singing and the dogs sniffing the air. Oh, if it's so beautiful outside, let's come inside and record a podcast. That's right, because what the heck is wrong with us? (laughs) There you go. Are you ready to tell the jam story, Alex Simmons? 99% of the time I am, but as I I shared with you a little earlier, um, I do feel a little bit like I, I I was walking along the city streets one moment, turned a corner, and suddenly I'm by the lake, and I'm waiting for Excalibur to come up out of the misty, you know, uh, uh, lake in front of me with the hand of the lady of the lake. It's it's ethereal and misty and confusing, confusing, and that all has something to do with, and then you put a term on it. Well, it is either that you ingested some hallucinogens, is that what's happening? <laughs> no, that has never been my thing. <laughs> So we can or, we can rule that one out. Yeah. Or have you been hyper focused on getting out the uh, adventures of Mary Day for the last week or two? Oh, yeah, longer than that, brother. But I think yeah, that's I, the trail. I think I'm on. Yeah. So what I think you're um, experiencing is what I call the come down, and mm. what I mean by that is creatives when they're in the final lapse of the creative process uh giving birth you might say of their uh whatever it is they're creating for the world all focus goes on that experience much like when you are i just witnessed it it never happened to me (laughs) when you are giving it giving birth you know, you're not taking phone calls or, you know, deciding what to have for dinner. You are focused on giving birth. Yeah, and I, the- I, I can say I've never done it either, but I have been there uh, each time right. my kids came into the world. And yes, the, the, the lady most responsible for that feat, that remarkable feat, was tremendously focused on one yes. thing. And, and, and I would suggest, it's not that it's... Uh, you know, an equivalent, because that's, you know, no way for me to judge that, but it is a similar experience, I think, when creatives are trying to get that project to completion, and Mm. in your case, to publication, and you live in that world. And then when it's done, and, you know, in this case, Mary Day and her adventures are out in the world, then you're kind of brought back to the land of the living, to the regular world. And it is an exceedingly weird return trip. Yeah. For those sometimes of you... Go ahead, Chris. Uh, sometimes, you you know, you're still in that world. You're still, you know, sometimes I have an occasion where I see the characters, you know, in, in the crowd, you <laughs> know. Uh, but it's not, it's just some regular person that might be vaguely the body type or this or that but in my periphery I'm like oh and and then because I'm still there's still trace uh elements of that creative process yeah let, um, let me let me just let me just help folks who who may or may not be uh completely clear on where Chris and I are are, are wandering right now what part of Disney World we're in um for those of you who have done this you know uh, 
either you know for quite some time or you are at the beginning of your journey as as a creative and in this case creative writer uh and you've really buried yourself in the project in the work in the world that you've just created uh you do you 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 are you are creating a universe you are not only creating that that single little story that little concept but you're creating all of the characters that fill that world and depending on your level of of commitment and passion you've created sidebars and side characters and 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 you know backgrounds histories that maybe didn't even show up in the story so you've really you you've really built this universe that exists and you have been moving through it for however long in my case uh cuz he's talking about Mary Day the, the series is called or the new book anyway is called The Day Chronicles The Secret Life of Mary Day and I, I created this character the same time I created Blackjack, you know, Aaron Day, that's her brother. Uh, we're talking over, over 25 years ago. And even then, in my head, she was an integral part of his world, and I had her doing certain things, making little cameos here and there. But she wasn't, like, you know, always there. And subsequently, people said, oh, yeah, that's right, he's got a sister. Well, for me, she was always somewhere. It was almost like, you know, you remember you have parents, or you remember you have a sibling, or you remember you have this best friend. You don't always see them, but they're somehow always a part of your life. So I've been living with her in my head for years, and then certain stories I developed years ago, but never got published, and then others have been coming at me or through me uh, just really passionately for the past two and a half years uh, that... I finally made a commitment to getting the book out this year, and we had the soft launch last week on, on the 30th of May, and now I'm still in and out of the manuscript online, t tweaking it in uh, Amazon, you know, in the KDP uh, Amazon area, because it's releasing to the masses soon. And it's it's like Chris is saying, you know, you're, you're, you're in this world, and you're out, you know, you're not writing the story anymore, but... You're still there. <laughs> yeah, well, well let's let's talk about that. Let's you know maybe that that would be a helpful thing to talk about is that the idea of uh, um, living in a multiverse, right? Or or, or you know how, how creatives live in more than one world through the looking right? glass. Uh, yeah, the mo <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, hold on, thing. Get out of there, dog. Ah, Sunny. Sonny has burst in. He wants to be a podcaster. Um, <laughs> um, it seems that most creatives have this situation where, you know, uh, left brain is, is goes into overdrive, and it, that's what you have to deal with, right? And it be, takes over your life. Uh, last week I saw Neil Gaiman, and someone asked him, are you a good parent? He says, mm -hmm. Most of the time, no, because, you know, I'm, I'm in one world or the other that I'm writing in, and um, I'm in that room writing, or I'm going, you know, to get a, a cup of tea, and, come, and when my one of my children asks me about something, I have to kind of come back down, <laughs> back into this world, and yep. it's like, you know, uh, I was goofing around with you before and said that it was like, you know, being... Um, beamed down or beamed back up by Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, excuse me, um, but it's taking way longer 
and you're only partially beamed down, and the rest of you is still that other place. <laughs> it was really stuck. But that is, you know, that's what a lot of creatives do, whether you're working on a painting or, you know, uh, I have a, a friend, Dave, who is a filmmaker. And um, sometimes, you know, we'll talk and you can hear that, that we live in that movie, you know, um, or or whatever it is that you're working on. So the question comes, how do you successfully, well, no one really, none of us really seem to successfully <laughs> navigate. So how do you exist uh, in two worlds in one? Um, well, Sonny just gave you his point of view. Of, you know, some level of ability to not get, you know, beaten by your, your peers and uh, partners and stuff. How do you do it? Well, I mean, I, I think, f first off, it, it depends a lot on really how far down the rabbit hole you go into that other world. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, you and I both, have, and, and anybody who's been listening to Tell the Damn Story for all these episodes, know that we've talked about repeatedly about creating characters, really, really getting to know those characters well or well enough that you can create genuine exchanges between them and the dialogue sounds more authentic and so forth and so on. And, you know, and having a lot of personal history about that character helps you do that. But that also means how much time did you spend building that and, and how much of it sort of is compartmentalized. I, I only think about it when I need to and how much of it spills over into everything else. So for me, um, like, for instance, okay, the Blackjack Project is something I've lived with for a long time. But when I'm working on something that is a new assignment and I have a deadline and I still want it to be, you know, 100% of uh, value, um, I might spend a few days or a week doing research uh, on, you know, either the character's uh, history or uh, the area that they're in or the particular scenario that they're dealing with, especially if it's something I've never dealt with. And I get it all going, and then I sort of meditate into it. I mean, in other words, even even writing Scooby Doo, which you know, people say, how how do you write you know Blackjack, and then you write Scooby Doo? This is because I I become a part of that world. I I I live in it in my head as if it is the world I'm functioning in on a regular basis. And it's so, true, folks. Yeah, I have caught Alex eating a Scooby snack once in a while. I go, Reggie, Reggie. Yeah, okay. But but even even what I just did. You know, being comfortable, being silly, goofy like that dog helps me write that dog. Um, I don't necessarily put on a miniskirt so I can run around and think Velma, but I can think, you know, the smart... Mm -hmm. hey, oh, wait, behave. Wait, let, let, let me work on that. Let me work on that visual for a minute. <laughs> Please don't, because you, you may want to eat dinner later. Yeah. But, you know, you do things that help you slide into the character and into the world. And part of it is buying into it, letting yourself go into it enough that it feels natural enough that you can write it. Now, if you go into it like you're really passionate, it's, it's like your magnum opus, then sometimes when I do that, it is hard for me to let go. It is hard for me to come out of it. Because even if I'm doing something else, it's still in there. Some part of the brain is still thinking of the dialogue or, or thinking of a scene or thinking of a bit or thinking of a clue, whatever the genre and the tale that I'm working on. And yeah, it it 
it's probably not great for those who spend a lot of time with you or closest to you and would like your full attention. It's, it's not probably the best thing in the world. I know of writers who are much more disciplined in their process, and they allocate a certain amount of time at a certain time of day to doing the work, a certain amount of work, and then once they're past that time period, that day, they shift into the rest of that wor their world, you know. So I know some people will get up at 6 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning, and they'll write for a certain number of hours, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And then the rest of the day takes over when that, when that writing period is done. Now, I don't know. Well, I, I was going to say, I, I don't know how you deal with that because I know you get up early and you've done it for years. How do you, how do you well, let go? Once you stop, you know, you're about to I, would, yeah, go I would politely, I would politely disagree with everyone who says they uh, uh, compartmentalize. Uh, sure, you get up at four, get up five, whatever time it is for you, right? You know, um, I was just listening last week to uh, uh, Colin McCann, and he said he gets up right away and goes right to uh, the writing. Uh, doesn't wash his face, doesn't get a cup of coffee, just stays in his dream state and writes right away. And that's what works for him. And then he's, you know, does a couple of hours, then he goes and whether exercise or breakfast or whatever and comes back and does another session. And then the, the rest of the day is his. And, and, you know, there's, you could go through a thousand writers and, you know, they'll tell you their discipline or their work habit and stuff. However, I would say that each and every one of them, if pressed, will say, "Oh yeah, well, you know, that's what I say." But then, when I'm going, if I'm if I'm in the in in Target shopping, or um, you know, at a museum with the wife, or uh, you know, taking the kids to school, whatever, whatever it is, in your subconscious, in the back of your mind, that story is still you know you're still working on that story, and you're still working on problems and this or that. You know, um, you're, you're doing a little scene, uh, questioning a, a, a little old lady, and she has doilies around the house. <laughs> well, you, you know, if if you're um, if you're doing something that's unrelated to any of that, your mind is still going to be visualizing those doilies and where they are on the table, or this or that. But, you know, it just your mind works on problems. You know, they say if you can't figure something out, ask yourself the question before you go to bed, and very often you'll wake up with an answer. Um, same thing with creatives. You know, we may say we're now we're in the world and this and that, um, but the mind is still working on it, you know? Well, um, I wouldn't disagree with you that I think, and, and you know, maybe I'm not being, um, maybe I'm leaving out bits and pieces. I know some folks will say, oh, yeah, absolutely, I'm, I'm that regimented, but I think I agree with you. At the same time, I think some of the others who say, well, no, I stick to this schedule, and then I do this, and then I do that, I, I don't think they would contradict that, yes, some part of their mind is still working on it. Because even some people will say they get up in the morning and they go for a run or they go for a walk or whatever, and while they're doing that, they're running things in their head consciously. So, yeah, yeah physically I'm doing X, but... I am still working on the, 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 the project in my head, in my thoughts. Well, Charles Dickens would walk all around London 
and the things he, he would see would go into his mind, and then he'd write all these elaborate, de- elaborately detailed uh, descriptions of areas of London and, you know, street urchins and all that stuff. It was, you know, a form of journalism, you know, when he was going for the walk. He was recording those details. Mm-hmm. And then when he was writing fiction, they'd come out. Um, Joyce Carol Oates tells that she, she goes running. And when she begins her run, she begins the story that she's working on, and she sees it in her mind visually. And she doesn't, for her, she doesn't write a word of it until she can see the entire story without um, skips or hesitations or blurry parts or, you know, once she sees it smoothly, then she feels like she just typed it up for whoever gave her that story, you know, whatever gift gave her that story. Um, There's a thousand ways to do it, but still the whole idea of how we navigate it. Some of us do it better than others. You know, some, once they, they write for, you know, a bunch of hours, they've, you kind of emptied it all out in, you know, into the keyboard or, in, you know, wherever you're writing the story. And then the, the rest of the day is refueling that, you know. But some of us, you know, and it happens occasionally to me too, we are still in that dream state. Good question as to whether that's a, a a good thing or a bad, or something that is fair to ask other people to live with, or if you know we find ourselves in that dream state, we should be doing something, you know, that just affects us, as opposed to driving a, on a busy highway. <laughs> oh, geez, yes, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know I, I I would say this because you know we 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 decided to. Um, to do this particular podcast on this uh, experience because I am definitely wrestling with it. And when I say, I use the term wrestling, I, I can't really say I'm resisting it so much as it's it's almost like being, it's almost like drifting. You know, it's, it's, it's not really an aggressive fight or anything like that. It's a drifting in and out of a familiar, semi-familiar place. And it, um, it it prevents me from sometimes having what I consider as full sentences or conversations with people because my mind sort of drifts to this other place or you know I grab a snatch of an idea or something that oh this would make a great you know scene in in another Mary Day story or this would be great for that backdrop or this would be a great remark or or dialogue moment and then I drift out of it <laughs> oh, that sort of thing yeah well you know. Um... There's two things I want to say about that. One, I kind of encourage myself to do that sometimes. Um, and and my wife suffers greatly. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'll go to Target uh, or some other, you know, or a mall, and she's shopping. And I'm collecting faces, you know, or little moments. You know, I love if I can... You know, she goes into one of these stores, uh, you know, to shop in Christmas clothes for herself or something. And I'll, especially if it's a mall, I'll stand outside and I'll watch the parade. And I particularly like if I see uh, a couple of people having an animated conversation or if you really get lucky, an argument, and it's far enough away where your presence is not intruding. Mm-hmm. I want to watch. I want to watch how the hands move. I want to watch whether their bodies get closer to each other um, and they whisper. That's when you know they're really angry or when they're further apart and doing a show because they're, you know, a diva. You know, all of that stuff is going into 
my head and will show up somewhere in the writing and that kind of stuff. Or, you know, doilies in a uh, in a store while she's shopping for something we need. I'm looking at, oh, this was what Grandma might be talking about in that story. Or, you know, um, it's all, it's all uh, fodder for materials. I'm, I, I'm fascinated when people talk about mowing their lawns. I mean, uh, yeah, I live in a place that, you know, I live in a house that has a lawn now, but I grew up in the Bronx with brick and cement. So don't <laughs> ask me about edging. I don't know how to do that. And I'm fascinating when, where, when people are, you know, that's a huge part of their life. That amazes me. Golf amazes me. It, it's not something I would pursue, but the, when people are talking about it with passion, it's fascinating to watch someone else's passion in a G-rated way. Yes, um, I knew what you meant, sir. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, that, uh, you know, that's a challenge when someone like my, you know, my sons or, or, or Tina uh, are having a conversation with me. <laughs> so I have to make an extra effort to be, okay, you're around the people that deserve your attention. Focus on that. Focus on that. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing for 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 me in terms of my my feelings about what you just said, and also my own particular life experience. Um, first and foremost, you know, having folks having met the goddess Tina, uh, I think she's a remarkable human being. Because Lord, Lord help her, look who she she decided to spend the rest of her life with, and I love the guy. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. for her, her yeah. taste in people, yeah. but yeah. she's got a good heart. She's <laughs> She's got a soft spot for strays. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but the thing is, I think it's it's it is it is difficult. Well, you know, and again, I'm gonna speaking from my own POV here, so now it is it is amazing to think about how I reach this place in my life as an artist. And I've talked to a few others who have walked a similar path. So here's what I mean. I was a kid in class, especially in elementary school, who was always looking out the window, who was always having the teacher go, oh, you're, you know, you're lost in your own thoughts, you're drifting, you're not paying attention, uh, you know, he'd be wonderful if he would just focus, you know, I was a kid that was daydreaming. Well, yeah, daydreaming can be a deterrent to, you know, successful life in other aspects and other ways, like you were saying before, driving down the, the highway at 80 miles an hour and daydreaming, not necessarily a good idea. But, you know, I was going somewhere or I was seeing something out that window or I was seeing something or hearing something or having a thought that my imagination was playing with or that my curiosity was storing that, that, that reaction, that, that information. Because somewhere in my head, it was saying, we're going to need this. We, this is fascinating hold on to this don't let go of this yeah the teacher's talking i'll get back to that you know so there was that period in my life where i got in trouble a lot for not paying attention then there was a point in my life where uh and this is like high school where i had a creative writing class and the teacher was actually an artist a creative you know uh artist who who aside from being a teacher for the department of education in new york had also written uh, stories and poetry and more power to her, because she had to put up with me. Uh, there was a particular way she wanted us to experience the creative process and learn from her and, and be passionate about some of the things she was passionate about. And then there was me, you know, who was not being defiant, 
but I also was in other worlds, and you know, I like poetry, but I was also into you know horror stories and and science fiction and 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 all these cool things. And so when we got assignments, whereas other kids would be attempting to emote, like the you know the bard and 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 some of the great poets of our times, I was telling these bizarre tales. So in effect, I was meeting the assignment, but I was meeting it as the artist who would one day be known as. And so I think what happens is as you continue to develop over the years, one of two things goes, goes on. Either you slowly begin to recognize who and what you are and how these experiences will develop and affect your life, both personal and professional, or you shut it out. You, you listen to the other voices that say you get a regular job, do things like everybody else, do the normal. And I'm not putting down a regular job. I'm just simply saying you, you walk this path or you walk that path. And if you walk that path, the path that you know seems to irritate certain folks or alienates or makes it difficult for you to have a good relationship with people, then understand that your life is going to have some challenges. Hopefully you'll get through them, but they're going to have challenges. But it's also who you are. Now, hopefully you find ways to to spend time with your family, spend time with your friends, do other things that are important and have relevance. And also, hopefully, those who love you uh, will understand. But, you know, that's not always the case. But I think that's one of the things I've I've realized, that this, this drifting pattern here when I've been really committed to a project or a program, it's, it's necessary, it's decompression to a certain degree, it's re-examining what I did, how I did it, why I did it, feelings about whether or not I'm successful. And if I feel I accomplished, you know, whether it's 75% or 100%, if I feel like, yeah, I did this, then I'm still enthusiastic. And so, again, these little snippets of dialogue or, or, or plots or things like are still floating in, and I know I've got to grab them. I have to either let them come in, pass through me, and and store them somewhere in my in my my mind palace. Or better still, because as you get older, the, the the doors get stuck on some of the rooms in the mind palace. Write these things down, or put them in a folder, or put them in a, a notebook, or whatever it is that you use to capture these these kernels, because you're going to need them later. And and that sometimes helps you to return to the this other world because you're not fighting to hold on to the other the, the previous world the the imaginary world the creative world you're not fighting to hold on to those thoughts and ideas you're able to let them go or put them where they need to be for further use i would agree with you and uh, we always have to have that little asterisk that you know, there are a thousand rules and uh, a thousand ways to break the rules, mm. you know, 70 times seven, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> for, for some people, uh, writing the note is, you know, like a journalist, when you refer back to the notes and, and you write the story. Others, they write it down and they think, okay, I've written it, and it goes away, even if it's in their, you know, their notepad on their phone or in their index cards or in the big notebook they carry. Mm-hmm. Um, others, you know, they need to talk out a story um, to work out the bits before they write. Others still, 
when they talk it out, they lose the power of the story. These is these are all decisions that each of us are going to have to make. What works for us, and all yep. the, I think the one constant that ties back to what we're talking and every kind of brings it towards closure is that the fact of being creative is that it comes with a price. Yeah. Whatever that is, if you are a, a creative with a full-time job, you got to pay that price. If you are a creative that makes your money entirely by that, then there's a different kind of pressure and a different kind of discipline needed. There's, you know, if there's someone, you know, you need to uh, be in a dream world for, for an extended period of time, and that strains the relationships, you know, that's part of the price. If someone finds you humorous and brings you back to earth, that's, you know, that's a lower price. You got a discount. But, um, <laughs> you know, what we have to do as uh, creators, whatever level uh, we perceive ourselves to be on or whatever level, you know, the colder world perceives us to be on, we still have, you know, you still have to live. If if you could have gotten rid of the creative um, urge, you would have, because it would have made your life easier. If you're still here with us on this ride, it's probably because you recognize that this is part and parcel of who you are. And the best you can do is, you know, figure out what's creating the work and embrace that and what's creating the trouble and navigate that and find that delicate balance. And that's part of the challenge and part of the price you pay to tell a damn story. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> but I, I, unfortunately, I'm going to have to step on your, your really eloquent ending there just a bit because you, you sparked you another do, thought. As always, yeah. do whatever you want to do. It says <laughs> if, if it's I put it in doesn't mean that it has to be the end of the episode. Right. I, don't, I don't think I have a big episode. Um, I, I mean, you said something there that that triggered a thought and or possibly even a little bit of a of a, a revelation. Um, being a creative and and again we're trying to be all encompassing here, but I'm going to narrow the focus for a moment. Being a writer, uh, you. Sometimes you can you can measure your success as a writer by the number of stories that you've written and or sold. You know, it's almost like working for a company. You get raises, you get promotions, you get in, you know you go from the the, the mail room to uh, uh, an office with a view and a great window and all that kind of stuff. There are those those yardsticks people can use, but as a, as a writer, sometimes. You, you do manage to set up your life, your professional life, in a way that you, you're selling, you know, hundreds of books or thousands of books, and you've got a fan base that's, that's nice and wonderful and supportive, and you can feel good about the level of your skills and, and your, your artistry by, that, by measuring it by that yardstick. But many of us, including many who are financially successful, question... How good am I? You know, like you and I've talked about this on some of the episodes. You know, you know, am, am I really any good? Like, you know, I'm about to, you know, I've written 14 stories they've sold, or I've written 14 stories and people like it, and I'm about to write a 15 story and I still feel like I've never written a story before. I don't know if I can do this. So I think that one of the things that happens 
when you complete a project that you've really immersed yourself into, you know, you've done, you've pounded the, 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 the keyboards and you've really gotten it out, you've done the, done the blood, sweat, and tear thing, and it's out there, or it's about to go out there, and you're, you're coming down from this. And part of it is you measuring not only what you did and how you did it and why you did it from a, a structural standpoint or from a creative standpoint, but you're also measuring, you know, how, how do I feel about it? Was it, was it worth it? Uh, was it any good? Um, should I have done something differently? You know, blah, 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 blah. So I think that part of that drifting you know, it's almost that you know, parachute floating back to Earth. Is is you trying to come back to a place where you can stand, you know, on on the crest of a hill and look out over the valley and say, yes, this is good. You know, this this I I I I, I took the journey, and I'm glad, I'm happy that I've reached the place that I've reached, and I'm willing to go on another journey. Uh, as I piece together the roadmap of that, as I piece together the supplies I need, as I determine the destination. But I do feel that sometimes it's about some of that, that drifting or that decompression or that, that coming down from it is also a measuring of how well you did with your, with your assignment or with your goal. And how do you feel about yourself and how do you feel about what you accomplished? Uh, because it, you know, ultimately we're human beings, and we do want people to like what we did, but we also want to feel good about it ourselves. Uh, I acknowledge that, but I would um, I would voice a warning. Uh, that's always a very dangerous time for me because when I'm creatively spent, the editor can come in. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to be aware of that because the editor will tell you you suck. <laughs> right? So you have to be ready. You know, I, if I, if you're starting to think of it and it's going too, if you, if the high is too high or the low is too low, that's a warning. Mm -hmm. That's where you you got to say, hold on a second. Is this a real evaluation or is this a Sears evaluation? Right? Mm -hmm. Is this, you know, that's a Zappa reference, but um, if, if it's, you know, oh my God, greatest thing ever, probably not the greatest thing ever. This sucks worse, you should be, oh my God, you should be ashamed of yourself, probably not. Yeah, agreed. Right, that's e either one, uh, if you're way too high, go for a walk and, and calm yourself down. If you're way too low, take a nap, go do something that's gonna, and take your mind off and mow a lawn or some nonsense. Um, Remind me to tell you one of the things I just did, just following your own advice there, following uh, that advice. No, tell me now. Tell me now. Okay. This is going to sound absolutely ridiculous. For those of you who know me, uh, you'll know that um, my birthday was just uh, a few days ago. And and I was coming it's down. Technically the entire month of June, so happy birthday again. <laughs> they, well, true. I celebrated the entire month of June, but the actual physical day was just a few days ago. And um, I was... Again, in this, this, this arena of drifting and trying to figure out things like that. And something said, what do you want to do? What, what do you want to give yourself as, as a little reward, if you will? And I thought, you know, I want to go to the movies. I, wanna, I don't want to sit and watch something on a TV screen or on a handheld device. I want to go sit in a theater with a giant screen and see something that has no deep, profound, 
you know, issue or, or, or service to mankind. I want to see some, some, some playful trash, you know, whatever it is. I want to just go have cotton candy kind of thing. And I picked this movie, and I hope the producers and directors and actors and things don't think I just put down the film, because I didn't. I picked a film that would be, for me, absolutely just a blast, just fun. I'm just going to go see it for the fun of it. I don't expect anything. I'm just going to go see it for the, for the hoot of it. I picked Godzilla, King of, King of the Monsters. Yes! And it was perfect. That is, that is the only way to refuel yourself. Yes, it Get was that totally movie perfect. In there. <laughs> Vitamin B, baby. <laughs> it was absolutely the best idea I had for that day. And I didn't just pick an ordinary movie theater. I went to a movie theater that has reclining seats and waiters. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the just... goddess is very smitten with that experience. <laughs> well, we've gone to that theater quite often. <laughs> the, the, the thing of it, the thing, the, thing, the, the um, medicinal aspect of that is it's total fantasy. It's, it's, Freedom. It's freedom to just let it happen and let it all explode, literally, in front of you. And even the villains were bigger than big, you know. It was it was just totally you know, and you could pick at it if you wanted to, or you could enjoy, just enjoy it. And that's what I did. I sat there and I enjoyed it. And I felt, and I think I used this reference with somebody else, I felt like I did when I was a kid coming out of a Bruce Lee movie. You look around you, and suddenly every kid or every person who went to see that movie comes out of there a master of kung fu. You're ready to take right. on 15 guys, right? <laughs> you know? You know? So I, can't, I felt that same exhilaration coming out of this Godzilla film. I was, I was a kid again. I was energized. I was you know, fantasy galore, you know, and imagining things. And, and that's a good place to be, is to remember that that's what your, your joy is and your passion is in creating universes or worlds, whether they're slice of life or some fantastic journey or fantasy that requires, you know, half a billion dollars to, 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 to uh, finance as a movie. That, that's so necessary. So necessary. <laughs> Reward yourself or even allow yourself to have that diversion to decompress and re-enter the universe beam down as it were completely before you move on to the next part of your world yeah. i agree a hundred percent good good good, good, good. <laughs> so so folks you know again chris and i both have had the highs and lows and and definitely um chris with your your city of, of sin and uh, city of woe series and i know that you're you you're working on another genius high book so that's you know you go from hard-boiled detectives with a slight bizarre supernatural slant to it to teens in the high school system but there's a bizarre sci-fi twist to that to what oh to oh um a simple rebellion to where you're dealing with Im impactful frightening political and social issues and a twisted mindset at that you know you've gone in and out of several worlds and I know, and like, with so I've, I've been allowed to play in the Blackjack Sandbox. Yep. And I even have Margaret Agnes Ferguson, which is a children's, uh, uh, a set in children's exactly. book. Exactly. Uh, exactly. You and, know, and, you know, you've done other things in the children's uh, creative arena as well. So, ultimately, 
you know, what we what we do is we give ourselves permission to ride that elevator, that Willy Wonka elevator, you know, that can leave the building, you know, if you want. And and I think one of the reasons that we continue, at least don't don't I'm not speaking for Chris, but I'm speaking based on some of the things I know of Chris. Um, we love this. We 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 hit a wall every now and then, but we love telling the stories. We love the fact that we can create these stories. And I think you guys out there, uh, as writers, whether you're fledglings or pros, um, you tell the story, you tell your stories for a reason other than the paycheck. And if it was just a paycheck, if you were just, you know, basically changing, you know, hubcaps and if you were basically just pressing uh, license plates, if you were basically just you know, uh, whatever the job may be, slinging hamburgers, you know, okay, that's a paycheck. Maybe you enjoy doing those things. But I know that to, to want to consistently go through these experiences that we've talked about as a writer or, you know, whatever your art form, you, it, you do it because it's not just the money or it's not just, you know, attention. It's because this is part of who you are. And it has its highs and lows. It has, as Chris said, its price to pay. But I know that I do not regret that I am able to do this. I, I embrace this. And I'm willing to wrestle the bear every now and then to continue to do this. And you know what they say. Sometimes you eat the bear. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes the bear eats you. Yeah, yeah. Being bitten by a bear is not fun, but... You know, <laughs> or being by, bitten by a bear on your butt, not fun either. Uh, but no, and these... it's a bear feature. You gotta, you, you gotta go to watch Godzilla. <laughs> so um, the last thing is, I just wanted to say that uh, again, in in looking at what Chris and I are talking about, and I'm still, I'm still, you know, riding that that sort of that drift down. Um, I did. It has made this episode so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I last week was me making noise. This week, it's you barely tethered to reality. Yeah. Oh, 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 and that reminds me of something you said last week that you want to do this week, so I'll remind you in a moment. I was just going to say, in terms of riding this 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 wave, you know, down into more of a calm sea, as it were, um, definitely, in terms of tips and advice, definitely do collect those little scattering thoughts that you may uh, feel that, you know, waft in and out as you're going through it. Uh, I have made notes, and I do try and organize myself to a certain degree. So I don't just have notes, notes everywhere. When I get a chance, I go back through the notes I've made, and I sort of uh, filter them and give them places to reside so that I can find them again later. Because that's that's a horrible thing. I've got like 14 or 15 spiral notepads in here going back a couple of years, and some of them I have no idea what was in them. You know, so every night you sit down, and you start going, dang, that's a good night, wait a night, you know. So I've tried to get better at going through them from time to time, pulling out, like if this is a blackjack idea, this is this is a race against time idea, this is uh, SciTech Heroes, this is something else. And putting those things in places where later, when I need it or want it, I know where to go for it. But definitely allow yourself to drift and, and to feel and to filter and to give yourself a pat on the back, too, you know, because... Again, it's not an easy task that, that we, we've taken on. Right, Chris? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, Chris, you said um, that you did something last week 
and and you didn't realize it until you listened to the episode. Oh yeah. And I said, you know, it'd be, you should you should explain why you did that thing that you had such an intense well, reaction to. Um, last week I was the one who was coming down. I was coming down from an inspirational conference, and I had just driven home. As a matter of fact, we um, we started recording as I was taking the key out of the ignition, and. Um, just getting home and you can hear in the beginning of the uh, episode I give my wife a quick kiss because she's leaving without coming back and then I proceeded to stand still with almost zero success <laughs> I, I move things I unpack. you can hear a big zipper of uh, my um, suitcase, suitcase, my suitcase. Luggage, my suitcase. Um, <laughs> uh, it was kind of a suit bag, but um, and then I'm I'm just uh, turning on water and business, and I just couldn't stay So one, I wanted to uh, apologize for all the distracting noises, um, but also that you heard me phasing back into my own life, you know, my daily life right live on that uh, on that recording. So let it be a um, regret, regrettable example of how hard it is sometimes <laughs> to um, focus on what you're doing when you're still, you know, phasing in, as it were. Um, you know, I was still in that other mode. You know, when I get into a, a conference, um, especially when it's like class-oriented conference where I'm either speaking or listening to, you know, uh, uh, career successful uh, writers like Neil Gaiman and Al Colin McCann, Amy um, Tan were there, like, you know, and, I, and I've gone to a lot of those conferences to soak up wisdom and uh, experience. Or when you're selling, it's a whole different kind of high because mm -hmm. you're presenting. You're always on. I, it's the same, you know, it's a, it's a similar situation I have coming home from teaching because when I walk into that school, I'm on. And I do get energized by the students in the school, but I'm always exerting amount of strength uh, or, or, or energy. And uh, there have been times when I've come home, I don't have a long commute. But the last three or four blocks can be treacherous if my energy is completely depleted, mm. and I'm suffering to keep my eyes open to to get those last couple of blocks. The AC gets on, all the windows of its winter out, the windows open, and I, you know, music gets loud. Everything keep me going until I get home, and then I'll collapse. Um, here last week, you saw the opposite of that. I was so still energized that I got in my own way, which is, you know, the wisdom is if we could only just get out of our own way, we'd be far more successful. <laughs> I wasn't that successful yesterday or last week, and I apologize for that. But it is a good example of what we've been talking yep. about yep. this entire episode. So um, yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a reference point for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, so many ways to deal with so many of the things that we deal that we encounter or feel or experience or believe as creatives as artists uh 
And and I think again, that's one of the reasons that Chris and I enjoy talking to each other, but also enjoy doing these, is because it gives us a chance to not only explore what we're you know experiencing out there separately and, and together as friends and co-writers, but also to have a chance to hear from you guys, at which we've been fortunate enough to to have happen, and to see you know that the world is it's very similar. The creative world is very similar. So you know, please keep your comments and thoughts and suggestions and questions coming. Uh, because we love yeah. that as well, absolutely. I'd love to hear anyone's um, either suggestions on how they react to the world after being creative, or um, funniest faux pas when you weren't quite back in the world yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we're going to have to share a couple of those ourselves next time, too. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I came out of when when the kids were really young. I came out of uh, the writing session, and you know, T had to go somewhere. She said, "You just, you know, dress the kids." And I said, "Sure, no problem. It's good." And uh, I finished up and gave her this goodbye, and I had to go get them, and so uh, got them up. And you know, these were still diapers days, right? So change all the diapers, wash them all up, all that sort of stuff, and I dressed them and everything. And she just had run out to do some errands, and she came back, and we were going somewhere. Where we were going to be in front of family. So um, I dressed them. But I was still thinking about the story of this or that. My wife came home and just burst out laughing. <laughs> you can't take them anywhere dressed like that. <laughs> well, what did you do? There were polka dots and stripes and all that. You know, I was just completely out of my mind. You just grabbed whatever. <laughs> Another time, I was writing, and I got a phone call. We were we were trying to get them into a school. Um, they had been in a pre-K. They were ready for day school, you know, um, a kindergarten or a pre-K situation. So um, got a call from uh, the, the principal that, okay, you know, we'll see them. Can you bring them over now? And I said, of course. Uh, and Tina wasn't home. So I said, oh, my God, guys, we're going to go to school. We're going to meet the principal. And I said, I knew I couldn't do the stripes and polka dots. They had to look good. I dressed them in their Easter outfits, okay? They're, you know, the dressiest clothes they had. And I put them in the car, and we were all excited, and we got our hair did, and, you know, everything was all combed, and the teeth were brushed, and we put them in the kids' seats, and I was like, guys, we're going to go meet a principal. It's really good. And we got in the car, and we drove to the wrong school. And I... <laughs> I brought them to a wrong school and met the wrong principal, and she so politely explained to me who, what, which school that particular principal that called me was. She said, "If you want, I'll interview them, but this or somebody or whatever and it was." She's over and told me where it was. And oh, goodness. Yeah. On the way out, I told them, I said, "All said, please don't call ahead and tell them what I did." <laughs> You know, yeah, again, yeah. reentry, reentry is something else. Yeah, when you come back from oh, that yeah. other world, reentry into the quote unquote real world is something else. Sometimes I will share my and, stories and at another time. Happen. Yeah, reentry might be the name of this. Uh, this episode. This episode. We might have got an episode <laughs> name there. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, tell us your favorite stories of reentry. Yes. <laughs> tell us your damn stories. Yeah. That's right. Okay, folks. All right. It's been great. Chris, thanks very much, as always. Great episode. Thanks a lot. Have a lot of fun. Same here. Take care, everybody. Peace.